Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Tusk Episode 4. Today, we are back with Marquis, and we're going to be doing something a little bit different this episode. Instead of focusing on this last week's news, we're going to go into the topic of the history of the American presidents, specifically. So, I would also like to add that Tusk is now up on YouTube. You can find me at Tusk or Diamondback Tusk. And this episode in particular, you will get a visual representation of how we are ranking and putting these presidents into their tiers. How are you doing today, Marquis? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on again. Thanks for being on here with me again. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add specifically about any of the presidents before we get into putting them into their circles of hell or heaven? Yes, I was reading a essay in the collection of essays on the executive called Reassessing the Presidency, the Rise and Decline of the Executive State. So basically, the historian, the whole historical profession has systematically a bias against libertarian presidents, not officially a libertarian presidents, but people with a creed that values individual liberty over collective liberty, or the state. Right. So are there any presidents in particular that you think uh, historians have had a bias against? It's really more of a bias in favor of that I see. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson is ranked towards the higher end of most of these rankings, these lists. But... Uh, you really shouldn't be when you get right down to it. Yeah. I would also argue that the same goes for or the likes of other rather popular presidents, such as Truman, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, yes. I would also say same for John Kennedy. Right, yeah. I know a lot of people, particularly uh, libertarians like uh, like you and me, I know there tends to be a big divide over John F. Kennedy. Some people believe that he was really good. Others believe that he is very overrated. Indeed. Right. So If you're looking at the scale, I would give him a solid C on that. Right. I am definitely at the camp who would say that uh, John Kennedy was rather overrated and was probably elected more so because of his looks and his skill at the microphone instead of his actual policy in the debates when he was going up against the republicans people thought that nixon won when it was being broadcast on radio but people thought kennedy won when it was on television which is uh, really i didn't know that it's, yes hmm. it's very interesting how just the medium that you use to broadcast and change history, like how Franklin Roosevelt was using radio to an absolutely destructive extent during his presidency when the radio was the real technology of the day. And it was the technology of the day, televisions-wise, when and, uh, John Kennedy was debating. Right, yeah. I know uh, FDR had a pretty charismatic soothing grandfatherly voice and that definitely helped his popularity with the radio absolutely absolutely 
So let's hop in and let's get these tiers started. So George Washington, can you and I both agree that he goes in the very top tier? If not the top tier, then one below it. He was definitely an exceptional president. Definitely. He set the, well, precedent, but um, he set the standard of a president knowing that the rest of the country needs to go above him. He set the idea of the president is supposed to be the bitch of the people, and he fought for the United States, he is the, well, essentially, the founding father. If it, if you had to pick one, he was the face of the founding fathers. And he set the standard of only serving two terms, which, of course, wasn't set into law until the 20th century. But he made it the norm to only serve two terms. And he, uh, I actually didn't know this until... I took an American history course not too long ago, but he was the one that actually coined the term for leading for the head of the executive branch being called the president, which at the time was a very n humble term, you know, like president of the book club. At that time, that's what it was. People didn't know if it was going to be a king or a prime minister, and he said president because at the time that wasn't that wasn't some huge title. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I really like about uh, Washington was that he was able to successfully stop a few conspiracies that could have toppled the American government, like the Newburgh conspiracy in 1783, where some Revolutionary War army officers going unpaid had the idea that they would march into Washington not the Washington, the Philadelphia brain fart, and they would overthrow the seat of government and they would get at, uh, paid, basically. The economics of the early country were very stormy, suffice to say. But uh, Washington was able to calm them down and obviously there was no such coup attempt and that sort of thing early on in the Republic could have been detrimental to our future success. If you start off with coups, you're going to have coups later on. Right. So, is there, need we say more? George I don't Trump, think so. As cliche as this is to say, it's cliche for a reason. George Washington, he's at the top for me. Or he's at very least tied at the top. Next, um, John Adams. Positive. I believe that he was the one responsible for the building of the first real Navy ships after the war. So, all the people in the Navy out there, I understand we may have a substantial military audience. Can uh, thank, thank uh, Adams for that. Yeah. Sadly, the Navy atrophied and... Uh, they didn't do so well in the War of 1812, but it was definitely a start. Yeah, it had to start somewhere. So, from S to F, where would you rank Adams? Because I don't know as much about him as you do. I could see him as B. B? I can't, yes, I can't see any big things that he really did wrong. 
you have to go a little bit further in American history before you start seeing uh, too many uh, sins from the top of the executive pyramid. Yeah, you notice the more power that the government got, the worse it started to become. Absolutely. That is... Power attracts bad people, usually. Yep. No. Thomas Jefferson, he's one in either S or A for me. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, you really can't say enough good about him. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Louisiana Purchase, it, it was one of those, it was one of those things where you're like, did he really have the authority to do that? Well, at the end of the day, fuck it, it ended up, it turned out great. So, I mean, it was beneficial, yes. So, fuck it, I'm gonna put him in S. For me indeed right. his uh, service pre-presidency is certainly exemplary he writing the declaration of independence and uh the virginia key resolutions which uh a lot are a rather forgotten founding document mm -hmm. at the stage for possible future nullification attempts but those documents are still rather forgotten and uh, people don't like to talk about those one criticism that I've heard, somebody said that they thought Thomas Jefferson was an overrated president because they said that he did a lot of really great things, but that almost all of them were done outside of his presidency, which I can understand that mindset. I, I think one could argue that he was a better founding father than he was a president, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he did do good shit in his presidency and he'd re really he never did anything bad so i i still put thomas jefferson in either s or a and i for the sake of the video i put him in s up there with washington absolutely i agree with that uh you have any thoughts on james monroe uh other than the monroe doctrine and not much Definitely a supporter of the Monroe Doctrine and uh, keeping foreign powers out of the Americas and allowing other countries in the Western Hemisphere to develop without the boot of the Europeans on their neck. The Roosevelt Corollary, which came along a lot later, was uh, also useful to that extent. Definitely. So, uh, James Madison, what are your thoughts on him? Probably a better founding father than a president because of the War of 18. Horribly botched from the beginning and uh, led to us getting invaded and uh, the White House burning down. And, uh, <laughs> uh, just a total mess that could have been avoided. Yeah, so you, you consider him uh, lower half? I would put him probably in the B range because... Just because of what he did before being president. I have a hard time divorcing his service at the Constitutional Convention mm -hmm. and from his presidential career. Right. Even though the whole beginning of the War of 1812 never should have happened in the first place because the Brits had already sent out a letter to Congress saying that they would cease the practice of impressment, one of the biggest causes of the war. But while 
that was on the way because it took so long to cross the Atlantic back then. We declared war on them. That's mm -hmm. one of those quirks of history. And interestingly enough, at the end of the war, same thing happened again when the Battle of New Orleans was fought after the treaty was signed. Right. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. So James Madison, uh, B, C. I think B is fair, but that's definitely mitigated by his service prior to the presidency, which I have a hard time divorcing from his presidential record. Right. So James Monroe, uh, you and I were both fond of the Monroe Doctrine. Other than that, there's not much to say about him. So is that enough to just put him in the B area? I would say so. Right. It's more precedence that uh, early Republic needs. Mm -hmm. John Q. Adams, honestly, I don't know much about him, but I do know, in fact, I have it right here in a notebook, uh, a couple of articles or uh, a couple of speeches that he gave at a... Fuck, I cannot remember. Uh, but it was at an event. He talked a lot about the importance of staying out of foreign affairs and absolutely right and i am very fond of that ideology so that's probably enough for me to put him up in b absolutely america goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy right that's just a perfect summation of what our foreign policy should have been for the majority of our uh, time as a country but that wisdom ha was ignored. We ignored it at our peril, and the 20th century happened. Mm -hmm. Need we say more? Yep. Andrew Jackson, holy fucking shit. If there is a president that can be an A and an F at the same time, it's Andrew fucking Jackson, in my opinion. He definitely has a lot of positives and a lot yeah, of negatives. He does have a lot of positives, such as dismantling a lot of federal powers and uh in my opinion he's a pretty fucking badass i mean an assassination attempt and you beat the motherfucker with your cane yeah he was batshit fucking insane but uh, i mean everybody already knows the trail of tears that's not that is hard to look past I agree with that, especially because I'm a half-Native American of the tribe Mohawks of Ganawage. He definitely wouldn't have gotten my vote if I, I was uh, able to actually vote back then. Yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of what he did, but that's a pretty hard thing to look past, so I usually put him in the C category. Yeah, uh, that's a, a fair, if charitable, judgment. Right. He was a very interesting character, like you said, but some of his policies is, uh, leave a lot to be desired and uh, could get him accused of genocide. Yeah. Yeah, I can't apologize for it. I personally put him at D at least. You put him at a D? At least. Yeah, I can understand that. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll knock him down to D. Again, I like a lot of what he did for dismantling the federal powers and being a huge believer in states' rights. 
but yeah, when you, yeah, when you kill a bunch of people like that, it's, yeah, you can't really just look past that. Now, we're going to skip ahead a bit towards James Buchanan, Old 15. A lot of people consider him to be one of the worst, if not the worst, presidents in American history. That's right, Tuscan. They might have a point. Under his watch, a large portion of the United States pick up their stakes and they just left. That's not something that you, any other president can uh, list in their accomplishments or lack thereof of accomplishments. Uh, having the whole country fall apart from under you is said about every president in recent history, but that's said figuratively. Him, that's literally true. Yeah, I mean, under him, the country literally split in half. Yeah. Yes. I understand there are some libertarians out there who have a uh, positive view of him. I, I recall reading some article about him in the past, but for the life of me, I can't find it again. And it is hard to make the argument for Buchanan and... Uh, not having the article in front of me, I'm not about to try to restate whatever some other libertarian said. And uh, I'm just going to rate him very poorly, not knowing whatever academic case there is in his favor. Yeah, we'll I'll give him a D. A D? A D, purely because of the secession winter and the incident where he sent troops against the Mormons. That's weird. That's Probably weird. shouldn't have happened. This tier in front of me has an E. Would you? I'm not sure why the fuck they put an E in here. Would you put? Oh, that's e? weird. Would you put him at an Where'd E it? or a D? Is there an F tier? Yeah. I guess an E tier. That's it's a weird tier, but let's go with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I can get rid of the E, but I'm not going to. All right, next. It'll work. Next. Abraham Lincoln, considered by many to be the best president in American history. We've talked about this in previous episodes. You would beg to differ on that, Marquis? I would. But uh, one of the things I really like to point out about wartime presidents is the research that was done by Professor Higgs called the ratchet effect. That when there's a crisis, when people are freaking out, they turn to government and to try to solve the problem. That never used to be the case, but at some point along the lines, there was a ideological shift caused people to start turning to government. And now that people have adjusted their behavior as such, whenever there's a crisis, that immediately engenders more government growth and one of the biggest crises of that century in the United States was the Civil War, obviously. So the growth of government, as per that theory, you, is going to grow. And you can see that that is precisely what happened. Conscription was introduced for the first time in U.S. history. There was an early income tax introduced. One senator actually got deported from the country to the Confederacy. Insane story. Presses got dismantled like physically dismantled and uh, firearms were confiscated in border states. At one point, fresh groups from the Battle of Gettysburg were called into New York City to shoot rioters. Wow. It's it's a mess. 
Yeah, that's something that people forget. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, in a sense, helped keep the country from completely collapsing. But in doing so, he did a lot of shit that he really should not have been able to do. That's right, Tusk. In saying that, all this about Lincoln, I'm not defending the Confederacy. Let's talk about conscription on the matter. Larry Schweikert is definitely taking the nationalist position on the history of the Civil War. I like his work a lot, A Patriot's History of the United States. If you haven't read it, read it. It's uh, awesome. And he brought to my attention that the Confederacy turned to the measures of big government during the war even before the Union did. They introduced conscription too, and they even introduced it earlier. There was terrible rampant inflation in the Union during the Civil War, but the South had hyperinflation. So, me condemning Lincoln is not a defense of the Confederacy at all. In fact, they probably had an even bigger problem with big government. Right. I'm actually holding a book right now, though. Got it right here. It's called American Tyranny the dark side of the Lincoln administration, and it brings many things to light about the witch hunts that Abraham Lincoln uh, helped start with imprisoning people with no due process. There were definitely quite a few sins from the Lincoln administration. So I'm not going to put him at the bottom by any means. I know a lot of people... I know a lot of people would burn me at the stake for putting him below the top rank, but you just, you can't ignore all the facts. It's, I would put him probably around a B at best. At absolute best. I would definitely actually put him at the very bottom. You'd put him at the very bottom? Very bottom. When you talk about repression that's happened on American soil, Lincoln is arguably right up there with Franklin Roosevelt to actually build concentration. Yeah, I... Right up there with Woodrow Wilson, too, who created a, it, a the first iteration of a security state on American soil and passed the Espionage Act yeah, that we're still prosecuting people under today, by the way. Fuck the Espionage Act. Right. Absolutely. But I think we'll have to agree to disagree on Lincoln being that low because I do think at the end of the day he did handle the division between the country the best that most of anyone could at the time. He he did commit a lot of great sins like uh confiscating border states firearms, instituting martial law, the witch hunts but I do think that when it came down to the actual war itself, him doing basically the opposite of what presidents do during our lifetime, which is he actually told the South, and he had every reason not to, but he said, we are not enemies but friends, and he did try to reconcile the nation the best that he could. Uh, Absolutely. I'm going to put him at a, a B. For that indeed tusk we might have to disagree on that but before we move on 
I want to share this quotation from Lincoln from a speech they made in 1847 that uh, I love to bring up in debates like these because it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Any people, anywhere, being inclined and having the power, have the right to rise up and shake off the existing government and form a new one that suits them better. This is a most valuable, a most sacred right, a right which we hope and believe is to liberate the world, unquote. Abraham Lincoln literally endorsed secession in an 1847 speech. That is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. History is, is very funny. You can't make this up. Fuck. Yeah. Next, you got any thoughts on Andrew Johnson, number 17? Well, he was the first to be impeached. Yep. So that's historic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not a good look. I know a lot of people consider him one of the worst presidents. Um, he was a very sketchy character. That's probably a fair assumption, yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew Johnson did veto an extension of Life of the Freedmen's Bureau, which, although it was inadequate... It was one of the few things that was helping recently freed slaves. And uh, he vetoed a Civil Rights Act. And it was designed to basically counter the black codes that were, writing in, that were rising in the state constitutions. And he justified it by saying that it went beyond the proper scope of federal powers. He basically shut down every, everything possible to keep racial segregation down and that's not just talking about the federal powers but he vetoed several acts that would keep fed the federal government from oppressing recently freed slaves in general so i would probably put andrew johnson at an e or an f I, I like his philosophy of keeping the federal powers to a minimum, but he came in at a shitty time, and he did not do very well with it. What say you? Conceivably, conceivably. One of the things that about what you just said right there is that's indicative of a paradigm shift in the way we think about federal power versus state power. So before the Civil War happened, this kind of discussion about the, the federal role in, in these affairs of the state would not have been happening. But once the Civil War happened and uh, consciousness, political consciousness shifted really from people being citizens of their state to being citizens of the nation as a whole, and you could argue really that the United States as an entity in of itself, as opposed to a weakly bound collection of smaller states that only during war sometimes bind together for a whole endeavor, really started after the Civil War. So right there, I wouldn't say that Andrew Johnson started that paradigm shift. I would say that was absolutely a, a Lincoln thing, but you could definitely see where, with debates like that, that's when 
it started. That's one of the early uh, iterations of a shift in how you think about federalism. Yeah, definitely. So can we agree Andrew Johnson goes in the E area, maybe D on a good day? Somewhere down there. Somewhere down there. All right. Next, Ulysses S. Grant. I don't think he really deserves all the hate he gets. I know some historians have reevaluated him and said, eh, he, he really wasn't that bad. I support him for fighting against racial segregation. I think he gets, off the top of my head, I say he gets a C at worst. Understandable. His regime is sometimes thought to have been one of the most corrupt in U.S. history, but uh, he himself wasn't personally corrupt. Oh, there's always that. The man was good, even if the men around him weren't. So that shows he at least had integrity. And the man himself was obviously an American hero, oh, being a general in the Civil War. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we can't really find much on him that directly links him to the corruption of his administration. So, I don't know all that much about him other than he was a great general in the Civil War. He fought against racial segregation. I can't find much dirt on him. I'll give him a B. Indeed. It's uh, widely rumored in pop history that the guy was an alcoholic, but those uh, rumors are, there's really less to them than meets the eye. I did some reading into that in a book I read not too long ago called Crucible of Command. It's a biography of him and Lee, where those rumors started with army politics during the war, where his uh, immediate supervisors wanted to stymie his career. So they blew a couple incidents of him drinking out of proportion and tried to make him into be a drunkard. But... He was a binge drinker. He drank a lot, but he didn't drink on many occasions. So that's where the stuff came from. And he gets an unfair bad rap because of that. It's... I heard he smoked a lot of cigars, though, which a classy fucking guy. Classy. Maybe unhealthy, but cigars don't impair your judgment like alcohol does. But exactly. the fact is that the man wasn't an alcoholic. Next up, we're going to skip ahead to Teddy Roosevelt. Your thoughts? There is a lot to like about Teddy Roosevelt, and there's a lot to not like him. Personally, the man's incredible. Can we agree on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, get shot during a speech and be like, oh, no, anyway. Indeed. If it's going to be the last speech of your life, you might as well do it right. That's insane. Can't imagine a modern president doing that, can you? No, our modern presidents can't speak even without getting shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to politics, though, uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, definitely has some problems. Antitrust. That's one of the big things associated with him. He's going to break up the trusts. There are good trusts and there are bad trusts, he says. And uh, 
bad ones, we need to step in, and the government needs to break them up. But as Murray Rothbard pointed out, the only real monopoly that can ever form is a monopoly that's company that's granted a monopoly charter by a government. So long as there is not a legal barrier to competition that is granted by the state, then every company in every field will eventually be surpassed by another one. Right. But uh, mainstream economics and mainstream historians don't want to submit to that sort of uh, economic thinking. So obviously I can't be very much in favor of Roosevelt's economic policy then. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, my best argument for him is he's not Franklin. But I do think that, I mean, national parks are kind of nice, I guess. On the other hand, he did support... Would they be better if private industries made them themselves? Yes, they would, as always. But I'd buy a subscription to a national park. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds badass. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teddy's, Teddy's policies of government interference with private industries, that definitely knocks him down a lot. I know a lot of people consider him to be one of the best presidents like top three, I just can't agree with that. I think he was an outstanding man, but his policies I just can't really get on with. I know this is going to be controversial with us having Abraham Lincoln in the B category for me and at the bottom for you, but uh, and Teddy Roosevelt not up there, but can we agree that Teddy gets about a C or a D. A C or a D, yes. Because with Teddy, you also have to take into account he's one of the first presidents to have a real muscular foreign policy. And that had a lot of impacts down the road. We talked earlier about the Roosevelt corollary just a little bit. And that was good for keeping Europeans out of the Americas, but also led to a lot of interventions that just shouldn't have happened. A lot of them in service of very explicitly private corporate interests that, again, shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. All right. Next. Oh, buddy. Woodrow fucking Wilson. This is going to be another controversial one. F. Fucking F. The worst president in American history. Bar none, he's the worst. It's him. I I might not 100% agree, but I definitely put him in my bottom three. Maybe not the worst in my eyes, but he is in the... He is one of the... He's part of the unholy trinity. He fucking... People praise him for starting the Federal Reserve. That's not a fucking good thing. His idea of basically wanting to turn the government into a pyramid scheme. He wanted the president to be the head of both the executive and legislative branches. Basically, president above all. Kneel before me. 
He was also a staunch fucking racist, which is a bit forgivable for at the time. Back then, most people were racist to some degree, but he was firmly, firmly racist. Full-on white supremacist. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. Agreed. His uh, racial views were bad even for the time. He was the first president to show a movie in the White House. And you know what movie he showed? He showed Birth of a Nation. That's a three-hour-long Ku Klux Klan propaganda film. Mm -hmm. That's actually what it is. That's abhorrent. The first movie to be shown in the White House is Ku Klux Klan propaganda. That's disgraceful. That is very fucking disgraceful. Uh... You can't bring up Woodrow Wilson without bringing up the Espionage Act of 1917 and the Sedition Act of 1918, which were both thoroughly unconstitutional. Woodrow Wilson might as well have just wiped his fucking ass with the Constitution right there, restricting free speech if it's in any way insulting the military or the government in any way. It's... How do you hear that and not immediately put Woodrow Wilson in close, at least, at least, in one of the bottom two tiers? Absolutely. We're still prosecuting people under the Espionage Act today. I believe Julian Assange and, and Snowden both have Espionage Act charges against them. And if you're charging those American heroes with a national security violation and not giving them a medal, something's wrong. Definitely. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. I don't know why so many people actually consider him to be in one of the higher tiers. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. I think I can explain why some historians, and I would actually say most, do put him in one of the higher tiers. It's because they have a totally different view of what the United States should be like in the world, right? These are the people who think that the U.S. is messianic. It's, it has a mission that needs to go abroad and evangelize the gospel, not of Christianity, but of democracy. We need to make the world safe for democracy. Where have we heard that before? It first came from Woodrow Wilson. These are the guys who think that through American money, blood, and steel, the whole world and all its sins from creation to the present can be extirpated. And it can only be done by us, and we have to do it. This is the logic behind war without end. And it did give us war without end. That's what happened in the 20th century. America going abroad in search of monsters to destroy. Contra Quincy Adams. And there was a great essay that was written by Richard M. Gamble called Woodrow Wilson's Revolution Within the Form that talks about this even more. I can't even talk about my esteem for this essay. It's excellent. So, basically, Woodrow Wilson completely destroys the concept of the U.S. government being there to provide for liberty at home for the American people. That's why we founded this country. That's why we seceded from the British Empire, was to secure American liberty for Americans. Recognizing the Declaration of Independence that these rights are common to all men, but it's not the duty of these men over here in America 
to secure them for all men. Woodrow Wilson's revolution within the form destroys this concept that it is the duty of Americans to go and secure the liberty of the whole world. That's an impossible mission. It's also just counterproductive. I mean, yes. especially when you think about it, a lot of the people, especially to the left, who praise Woodrow Wilson, they put down America and say that America needs to be more like other nations, but at the same time, America needs to distribute our wealth and our privileges to the rest of the world. Are we better than the rest of the world or not? And if Here's so, why does that entitle them to our assistance in propping them all up? Indeed. It doesn't matter if we should do this or not. The fact is, we can't do this. It's beyond the reach of what guns, dollars, and steel can achieve. You can't change the world like that. You can't send armies abroad on an infinite crusade to destroy tyranny and think that this is going to work. We created a situation at the end of the war that was worse off when it was at the beginning. That's, that's typical of government, actually. They tried to fix a problem, and they made it worse at the end. And then they also gave the rest of the world false hope, thinking that America would come to their rescue at all times, that they had a blank check, that they could cash, that they had a claim on our country, on our resources, our dollars and blood. They thought they could do anything. Woodrow Wilson and his acolytes thought the United States was capable of anything. And while that sounds good in theory, it's not actually true. Yeah. No country is capable of doing what he said. And by setting a goal that high, he set us up for a century of failure. And until we abandon the Wilsonian foreign policy, this country is going to keep getting into endless wars, and it's going to keep failing. Yep. And we can thank our current president, and we'll get to him. We'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to him. But we can thank him right now for prolonging it. So, next, uh, Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding gets a bad rep. A lot of it's due to who he slept with. Honestly, I don't think he was really a bad president. Especially since one of his big things was being very anti-Wilsonianism. Uh, he was opposed to the League of Nations, and I believe he, that also, by proxy, means that he was against the 14 points. Which, fuck the 14 points. Um, he was also very free market, to my understanding. I'm not aware of him doing, of him having too many big accomplishments, but the economy did start doing really fucking well under him. So, fuck it. I'll put him at a C. Indeed. I would probably put him even at a B. Because of the other presidents that he was around, other all these big government presidents, he's, he's uh, between, you've got the World War One presidents, which, uh, oh God. The revolution within the form, 
And then on the other side, a decade or so hence, you've got the World War II presidents and the immediate aftermath, which uh, took the developments of the revolution within the form and made it so much worse. Right. Yeah. I, I Judging by his company, he's good because he's not like them. Yeah. Yeah, basically. My own personal opinion, I don't think that that does enough to drive him up, but I can I can see him being a B. So I'll put him like high C, maybe low B. That's Calvin, fair. Calvin Coolidge, he gets an A for me. I fucking love Calvin Coolidge. He's a top three president for me. Very pro-free market, you know, very charismatic in a sense that he was, you know, silent Cal. He was a man of few words, but when he did speak, he spoke powerfully. Um, and honestly, <laughs> it's funny how he ranks very high for me in part because he didn't do much. He pro-free market, laissez-faire. I fucking love Calvin Coolidge. Under him, the economy soared, the roaring 20s. He, he represents virtually everything I love in a president, which is, hey, I'm president. You can forget that I'm president. You should be able to forget on a daily basis who the president is because he, the president should not be a huge part of your life. Fuck the government. He was very pro-small government. And, I mean, I'm just repeating myself at this point, but free market, let the people do as they please. I He's a top three president for me. A lot more presidents, especially ones in the more modern times, should have taken off him and uh, just not done much. The more government does, the more it's going to mess up. Exactly. Yeah, I actually have some of some examples of how the economy did under Calvin Coolidge throughout the twenties. Over the course of the Roaring Twenties, the economy grew 42%. The average GNP rate annually was 4.7%. The national debt was halved from $33 billion to $16 billion by 1929. The U.S. produced nearly half the world's output and processed wealth equivalent to all of post-war Europe. It added up to roughly 40% of the world's total wealth. That is the beauty of a free market. It absolutely is. One of the reasons that he gets an A for me. Definitely. Government is best when it governs least. Absolutely. You can expect success from the state in proportion to its activist status. If it's going to be active, it's going to continue to mess things up government is a hammer when you want to have have like gloves and your hands to manipulate the object you're if you're trying to fold origami you're not going to fold it with a hammer that's what you're doing when you're trying to export a duty to the government you're trying to fold origami with a hammer amen i'm glad we can agree silent cow fucking a1 absolutely which brings us to a not so good president uh number 31 
Herbert Hoover. I put him at an E. And only because the guy that came next to him did more of what he did. Contrary to popular belief, Herbert Hoover was not by any means a hands-off guy. He was very hands-on, just not as much as the next guy. The economy crashed, and then it just got worse and worse. And, uh, well, th that feeds into what I'll say about the next guy. What say you, Marquis? That's correct. It's an ahistorical pop history, a falsehood that he is some sort of rugged individualist uh, free marketeer as a president. He may have personally believed those things. He actually did say the words rugged individualism, but his policies don't line up with that. And again, we're going to end up repeating ourselves if we go into depth about the programs he started, but to just avoid that he did a early version of the new deal himself and funny enough the democrats when they were campaigning against him said that he was a spendthrift and that the democrats were going to rein in republican fiscal irresponsibility but then they proceeded to launch the new deal so you really can't make this up yeah it's funny how fdr gets a bunch of credit for what Herbert Hoover really did and they blame Herbert Hoover for not doing what he did and they praise FDR for doing what was already being done it's it's weird but we're bringing him up now old FDR oh buddy we're gonna get so many death threats for this FDR F. Fuck FDR. Second to worst. Woodrow Wilson is worse, but not by a whole lot. Yep. Now, I kind of I kind of flip these two and one more. I just I kind of consider them just one president, really. Uh, just three and one cuz I can't really decide, but FDR it's kind of agreed upon even though it's debated whether or not it started it that the stock market crash, they consider that the starting point of the Great Depression. It's, again, it's debatable if that's what caused it, but I digress. At that time, the economy crashed, and normally, when the stock market crashes, or when an economy goes into a recession, it's usually over within what, five-ish years at most? And yet, the Great Depression lasted a decade. A fucking decade. And FDR is praised as having pulled us, pulling us out of the Great Depression. A UCLA study estimates that FDR prolonged the Great Depression by as much as eight fucking years I, I really don't see the conclusion that people come to to say that FDR pulled us out of the Great Depression neither do I yeah I mean the way that I see it and most people put it their praises for FDR are equivalent to he was president at the time that it happened 
or at the time that it ended, and therefore he is responsible for pulling us out. No. Social security should never have been a thing. I'm sorry to any old people listening to this. God bless you, and I do not in any way blame you for taking social security. That's something that I hear is people say, oh, well, my grandparents live off of social security. That's all they have. Should they not take it? No, absolutely you should take it because that's your fucking money that you've paid your entire life. Actually, it's how much? I don't know, fucking 10% of what you paid your entire life? And now Social Security is kind of going into a crisis because people are living longer and therefore they're, gonna, they're owed more money until they die. And we're kind of running out of money to give them. So they're going to end up having to tax us more to pay for something that somebody else is already owed that they've paid for their entire life. Social Security is a fucking disaster of a policy. Indeed. It, was, it made a lot of sense or at least more sense than it does today when they started it, because the idea was that, that you're going to have several dozen and even several scores of people paying into it versus people taking money out of it. But now that's flipped to just a few people paying into it per one person going out of it. Now the math is completely collapsed, so it doesn't make sense anymore. But again, it was morally wrong in the first place. Shouldn't have done it, but I digress. When you talk about Franklin Roosevelt, though, and you talk about uh, his domestic policies, it's the welfare state taken in toto that you've got to talk about. It's the fact that he created the first iteration of the cradle-to-grave welfareism in this country. Gone through a couple evolutions. It was Franklin Roosevelt. Then it was LBJ and the Great Society. It took a little bit of a hiatus after the Great Society crashed the economy. And then when Reagan and uh, tried to slow its growth, slowed it for a little while, then we got right back on the welfareism train with the Bush the second and then Obama. And now that uh, now that the coronavirus pandemic is just making the government feel like they can have several trillion dollar deficits. Now we're back on a new evolution of the welfare state by digress. Yeah, if you want to trace yeah. the chain of evolutions back, it starts at Franklin Roosevelt. He's responsible for all the other evolutions that come after it. Right. He started it. I credit FDR for being a big reason why we have so many people today that feel like socialism and big government is a great thing. It likely descended from people who were fans of him during his presidency. Like, he was a big, I feel like he was the spark plug for the new mindset of yay big government. And That's precisely it, yes. With that said, again, back on the social security and welfare, it's evil. It's fucking evil. You are not entitled to anybody else's hard-earned money. And no, I'm not saying it's the I'm not saying it's exactly communism. It, it doesn't matter if we're directly redistributing wealth or not. You are taking someone else's money. You are taking a part of their paycheck and giving it to somebody else. That's evil. That is theft. That is greed. Contrary to what people believe about capitalism, saying capitalism is greed because you want to keep what you earn. Socialism is 
taking money from somebody else. And I'm not saying that the welfare society was directly socialism either, because socialism is, by definition, government control of the means of production. But it's a socialistic idea. It's a socialistic program. Welfare. Taking somebody else's money and giving it to somebody else. That's theft. A poor person is no more entitled to a rich person's money than a rich person is to a poor person's money. That's basic moral logic. Indeed, welfareism absolutely abridges the uh, right of property, which is precisely what you've been talking about this whole time. It's that you have a right to the fruits of your own labor. You don't have the right to the fruits of your neighbor's labor. But welfareism just uh, throws a monkey wrench into that. Never mind that at uh, a society with very strong property rights and a booming free market is also a very charitable society. Notice how well the churches do with giving to charity and tithing and all that. Indeed. But I digress. Whatever. If we had less taxes, then there wouldn't be as much crowding out, so to speak, of private charity, but now that we've outsourced charity to the government, that even hurts religious charity, driving the levels of that down. But, whatever. And Think about it this way. You get your social security check, right? And it's, I don't know how much it is nowadays, but I've heard you get roughly $30,000 a year off of social security, maybe less. Um, imagine if every tax that you paid for social security throughout your life from the time you're 16 or 18 years old to the time you're 70 imagine if instead of paying a little bit from every single paycheck towards social security you didn't get taxed that much and instead you put that money into a 401k and not only do you get all that money back by the time you're retired but you get the matching, you get the interest that you get from that 401k system. You would get so much more from that than you get from Social Security. And it doesn't cost taxpayers a dime. And a lot of people on the left will say, well, not everyone's going to do that. Tough shit. That's their choice. If you don't want to save for retirement, by all means, do that. But I'm not going to pay for the consequences of your short-term intuition. Indeed. There is a private option for Social Security that started in Chile. When it was voluntarily opened and you could switch to it or you could stay on the government option, I'm reading an article about this. It's by uh, Peter J. Fiera, hard name to pronounce. Over 90% of the workers in the country had voluntarily switched to it for two years had passed. If... A private social security system can't deliver the goods. Do you really think 90% of the people would have voluntarily chosen that over the government-managed one? I say we'd be like Milton Friedman. Give the people the option to have money put into privately run social security systems and not force them to contribute to a common pool that, in all likelihood, young adults, they're paying into it right now, are not going to see money from or they're going to see it in a depreciated form or 
God, I hope the United States even lasts that long at this rate, but I digress. Free to choose, private social security, works in Chile, will work here. Amen. But, of course, there's the whole putting Japanese Americans into concentration camps. Absolutely lovely. But, uh, that, that's an entirely new rabbit hole. Yeah. I do think besides that, FDR's leadership in World War II, it definitely could have been worse, but his decent leadership in World War II, other than obviously rounding up Japanese Americans and throwing them into concentration camps, uh, I don't think any of the good outweighs the bad and the harm that we are still suffering today from his godforsaken presidency certainly not second to worst yeah. f out of my sight next up harry s truman I, i'm divided on harry truman i mean he was think? he was the last president with any sort of facial hair and i couldn't even find a picture of it i just heard that he had a goatee at one point but Props for that. Other than that, I, I'm, I don't know all that much about Harry S. Truman. He tried to carry on some of FDR's policies. He tried to implement more fucking uh, New Deal policies, which, just for that, I'm going to put him in E. Yes, he's definitely a lower-tier president. They, he tried to carry on the New Deal, called the Fair Deal, but right. whatever. Couldn't even come up with a new name for it, but that doesn't matter. The person himself, he, he's a really cool guy. He was an artillery officer during the First World War, and oh, they were coming under fire from the Germans, and all the Americans are abandoning their battery and running to the rear, and he just gets up on the gun and starts cursing a blue streak, screaming at them. <laughs> And they all come back to the battery because they're scared of him. And he's this little guy with spectacles. And it, it's just an amazing story. He's That's amazing. And on another occasion, when he's president, keep in mind, he's president when this happens. His, his daughter is a ballerina. She's a dancer in Washington. And she puts on this lovely show, apparently, at a Washington area dance hall. And this total prick in the newspaper writes this real snarky nasty review of her in the paper so he writes a letter to this guy and says that he's going to punch him out if he sees him and he's president when this happens and any president who's going to write to a journalist that he's going to physically beat the guy up for writing a negative review of his daughter's ballerina dancing in a newspaper is quite a character yeah that that's borderline Andrew Jackson levels. Oh, yes. As a as a person, I love of uh, Harry Truman, but yeah. policy-wise, not so much. The yeah. same criticisms that apply to the conduct, conduct of World War II with strategic bombing, specifically, also apply to Harry Truman. Yeah. Everything that applied to Franklin Roosevelt definitely applies to uh, Harry Truman and 
What are your thoughts on the strategic bombing campaign in World War II? Mine are quite negative. I don't have much positive to say. It, I just don't think it's justified to bomb that many innocent people. Why are you bombing whole cities full of civilians off the face of the earth? Yeah. That's a war crime. Yeah, it is. Needless, needless, needless destruction of civilian life. You should never bomb civilians from the air under any circumstances ever. Doesn't matter what flag you're flying, you can't go out there and target civilians for any reason. That's I unconscionable. I agree. But I think that brings us to the end of Truman. Dwight D. Eisenhower, another president that I am ashamed to admit that I don't know enough about. Well, he ended the Korean War, and my grandfather and great-uncle both fought in that under the Eisenhower presidency Hell yeah. in the trenches in the army, so uh, uh, that that's cool. Yeah. He did threaten to uh, deploy nuclear weapons in the Korean Peninsula, that's which was... Uh, cool. That's very uncool, but the war didn't end too much longer after that, so... I guess one of the first examples of the nuclear bluff came in handy, which is good. That saved some people's lives, but right. it's nuclear bluff. That's a very dangerous game to play, and I personally would have no part of it. Yeah. So I guess I'll put Dwight D. Eisenhower at a C, just because I don't know enough about him. But what I do know about him, it seems to be evenly weighted. It, yeah. yeah, there is that. He he built the national highway system, which there are some libertarians who will honestly argue that the road should be private. I haven't read the main essay on that yet that was written by Walter Block, so I'll abstain from talking about privatizing the road. But there needed to be a highway system. He built a highway system. Yeah. It hasn't completely fallen apart yet, so that's a plus. I'll give him a B. You give him a B? I honestly will. I'll keep him at maybe a high C. Uh, Fair. Not to mention, there is, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to put him at a B because that is a catchy jingle. I like Ike. You like Ike. Very well then. Fuck it. Alright, next, JFK, uh, a bit overrated. He would be considered a Republican in today's political scheme. I like his support for the free market. I mean, he was killed by a communist for a reason. Uh, he was very anti-commie. He supported gun rights. That is very ironic, but... <laughs> um, I just don't have much to not like about him, but I also don't think that he did anything really spectacular. Um, I'd put him at a C, personally. Right. People remember him for two reasons, really. One, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and under his leadership, he managed to avoid ending the human race, yeah. which is that's... good, even-headed, but that's quite a standard. And the other is that, quite frankly, he was the most recent president to be assassinated. Right. Very terrible. Right. He had some potential, probably could have done better. 
would have been exciting to see what he could have went on to do, but he's a martyr. And Americans, we like the underdogs, we like martyrs. So historians now have wrapped a mythology around Camelot and and uh, the Kennedys. A lot of that probably is going a little bit overboard. He he definitely would take uh, capitalism to socialism, but the man was totally on board with the Keynesian consensus and thought an economy is basically an engine and that we can break out the tools, the sprockets and gears, and we can just adjust it and we can make whatever outcome that we can engineer. Turns out that doesn't actually work that way. And the policies of him and his successors led directly to the crash of the 70s. But of course, the crash of the 70s gave us the Reagan revolution. So there's a silver lining in every cloud. Definitely. And this brings us to LBJ. I'm putting him at an E. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not sure he quite merits an F, but no, geez. he is saved from the F category by the Civil Rights Act and only the Civil Rights Act. I really can't think of anything else good that he did. The Hey, hey, LBJ, how many boys did you kill today? <laughs> God knows how many. Yeah. Oh my god. Vietnam War, the uh, whole uh the Great Society disgusting. Fuck that shit. He's he misses the F category by a hair. Uh, the Civil Rights Act is basically his only outlining. Not to mention, as a man, he was a complete fucking psychopath. Not to mention a racist. And wait, really? Yes, there were some uh, recordings that were made, I believe, aboard Air Force One, that where he said some uh, racial epithets. Let's call them. That uh, is definitely a negative, especially because the context, the time period he was talking in. I think the Civil Rights Act honestly might have been an episode of Realpolitik, where he was just playing politics. Really? That's new to me. I was not made aware of that. I, I'll definitely have to look into that. But uh, Yeah, I have a cynical view of him. Yeah, I'm not a fan of LBJ as a person or a president. Richard Nixon... <laughs> I know a lot of Republicans have a soft spot for Richard Nixon, but I am not a Republican, and I do not. I am putting him probably, honestly, probably at an F. I can't think of anything really good that he did. He prolonged the Vietnam War. Many, many scandals, and Watergate is only one of them. He prolonged the Vietnam War for his own political gain. I am not a fan of Richard Nixon. Absolutely. Neither have I. I. One of the things that I really like to talk about with Nixon that's completely overlooked in most discussions of him is the price controls. If there was one thing that caused the crash of the 70s, that was it. Yep. You set the prices of goods across the economy you're going to throw everything into disarray. Prices are the coordinating metric by which all goods go to the right places. If you don't have prices that reflect the actual conditions of the market, the market is going to go haywire and it's going to get, do insane things. I was reading a book by Cowan and Tabarak not about last year where 
they describe the state of affairs that happened after these price controls and, and especially on heating oil was the example they used so they lowered the price artificially of heating oil so oh it would be more affordable is the idea well they didn't make enough heating oil so there just wasn't enough to go around when the winter came and since the price was the same across the country then uh, uh the heating oil didn't go the right places and homes in new jersey went unheated while pools in california got heated because there was too much heating oil on the west coast where it got not very cold not nearly enough on the east coast where it's bitterly freezing if you want to freeze in a new jersey house because you put price controls on oil then go ahead and put price controls on but i'd rather have a free market have slightly more expensive heating oil and actually have heat yep but that's just me yep i'm not a fan of richard nixon the that's what happens when you have the wife beating just stained hand of the government controlling the economy next gerald ford I do not know much about Gerald Ford other than he supported a relatively free market. And by relatively free, I mean he supported a free market. I just don't know of any policies in particular that he implemented for it. But he also pardoned Richard Nixon, a very corrupt call that he should not have done. I'm going to give him a D. Understandable. One of the things, you know, I'm kind of torn about whether he should have pardoned Nixon or not, as a lot of his logic behind it was that it would be a bad precedent to put a president, an ex-president, in prison. And he's probably right. If we started doing that back then, uh, God knows what we would have tried to do to our future presidents. Well... We're we constantly. already impeached President Trump twice. Yep. So, yeah, I, I do agree. With that kind of precedent, it would have been worse. He said that he was trying to just try to put the whole thing behind us, but it kind of did the exact opposite. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a fan of him. I don't know much about him, but I do think that was a bit of corruption, almost as if they had kind of schemed together for it. Wink, wink. But, anyway. Jimmy Carter. F. 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 Just not very good. Yeah. F in the chat. Yeah, it's a shame because he is a good guy. But I think that's partially why he was such a bad president. I mean, you watch his videos because there was a bunch of energy shortage around the United States because... Jimmy Carter decided to try to go green. And people were like, hey, we're freezing. I cannot afford to heat my home. So he sent out a video saying, well, grab a sweater and light a fire. Everything's going to be okay. And that's, he had almost this Mr. Rogers type feel to him, which is just not good for a president. With a president, you want answers. You want solutions, not just We'll be okay. And his policies were bad. The United States was not good under him. 
he just didn't have a backbone. He just not not a good president at all. Indeed. He was just out of his depth when you get right down to it. Politics is a very dirty game. Uh, Frederick Hayek talked a lot about this in The Road to Serfdom, that power inherently attracts um, very unsavory characters, and the most unsavory characters get to the top. His words were the worst, right? Yeah. So, out of his depth. Out of his depth. Yeah. And... You shouldn't have bungled our uh, little scheme to get American hostages out of Iran and uh, wound up losing helicopters and men in the process. But yeah, yeah, but that's never should have happened. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. He gets an A for me. I like Ronald Reagan. I would be lying if I didn't say some of it just comes from his charismatic nature for me. His amazing sense of humor. I am a big fan of Reaganomics, and he is the exception in my eyes to you need to be kind of a shitty person to be a good politician. I think that he really was a, he was a great man, and I think that he was cut out for the job in a way that not many other people were. He would be an S for me. He would be top tier for me if it wasn't for the national debt. He didn't get the national debt under control, and it's something that I think somebody like him really should have been able to do, but I'm a big fan of Reagan. I also am a big fan of Reagan, and I probably would give him an A myself. I used to be the biggest Reagan fanboy ever in high school, but uh, I since stopped being conservative and drifted over to libertarianism, but... Yeah, growing the size of the government, growing the national debt, running a a deficit peacetime, ostensibly peacetime at least, and failing to tackle the welfare state in earnest. That's one of my big problems with him is that he he believed all the right things, but there was too much bureaucratic and congressional inertia to get any real work done on welfare reform. And his heart might not have been in it when you get right down to it because he was originally a New Deal Democrat. Yeah, he so, was a Democrat originally. Yeah. But. yeah. Just didn't go hard enough against the welfare state. Yeah. A little I, bit disappointing, but, yeah, but all communism. Overall, I, I think that he did do a solid job as president, and he, he was a funny guy. He was just about... He is the perfect grandpa when you think about it. I would love for him to be my fucking grandpa. Right. George H.W. Bush. The revolution betrayed. Yeah. Overall, I don't know enough about him. I like his policies of traditional values and a free market, obviously. But there was also much to be desired in the fact that he said, read my lips, no new taxes. And sure enough, there were new fucking taxes. So he gets a C for me. I'm not, I'm not going to put him down there with Andrew Jackson. Indeed. Okay. I, 
I have a big dislike for Herbert Walker because before him, we have the Reagan revolution, right? It's Bill Buckley and Goldwater basically coming to power, even though they're basically receding from politics by then. So Reagan, you got them, got great people around him. They're in power. Herbert Walker comes in. And he's the first of the neocon Republicans when you get right down to it. He's, again, oh, another Wilsonian trying to make the world safe for democracy, going out there and destabilizing the Middle East and all that, and sowing the eventual seeds for the second Iraq War. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the economic policies at home, like you said, not a big fan of at all. It's just the betrayal that he was, he was Reagan's VP. He was supposed to continue the Reagan revolution, but he betrayed it. Yeah. That, that hurts. D. You put him at D. Very disappointing. D for disappointing. You know what? Yeah. What you said makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about it that way. Bill Clinton. Uh, I mean, he could have been worse when it comes to Democrats in the modern day. He definitely could have been worse, but uh, not a whole lot worse. I'm uh, I'm stuck between D and E. Yeah, it's got to be pretty down there. Yeah. Because yeah. of him, the dignity of the office is ruined. It never got the dignity back it lost during the Monica Lewinsky trial. Yeah. That was the day that we lost all dignity as a presidency. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, that that doesn't say much about his policies. I mean, this was back when the Democratic Party and the Republican Party were still able to look each other eye to eye and say, we both want what's good for the country. Like, when you think about abortion, for example, Bill Clinton himself even said, safe and legal, but rare. Okay, Republicans disagree, but at least Democrats can agree that abortion is not something to be praised. Gun control, it it was also a much smaller gap. But I don't know if I'm ready to put Bill Clinton at an E, per se, because I don't want to put him down there with James Buchanan. But at the same time, I don't think that he was better than George H.W. Bush. Neither do I. I'm putting him in the same rank with George W. Bush. It was a liminal time, so to speak. It was a time of real transition between the Reagan Revolution, which is still getting stamped into pieces for them, and uh, after them, you've got the madness of the post 9-11 years and the Democrats completely abandoning the working class and the Republicans spinning further out of control into neoconservatism. Right. It was a weird time, the Clinton presidency. Yeah, it really was. But yeah, he ruined the dignity of the office, but I don't have a whole lot to say about its policies. This was back when America wasn't a complete shit show from a societal standpoint. Um, 
Anyway, George W. Bush. No. Uh, I'll put it. E. Yeah, e. Echo. This guy is terrible. Wars in the Middle East yeah. that are dragging yeah. on for years and decades. Yeah. Afghanistan, hard to look longest one in our history. Yeah. That is a hard one to look past. Yeah, I, I don't think he's as bad as some people say, but I definitely don't think that he's particularly great. I can I can see putting him in E. Yeah, the Middle Eastern wars are really hard to look past, and they are one of the biggest sins in our nation's history. It's just a perfect example of hubris. Again, we thought we'd be able to build the world in our image. We were still believing the Wilsonian fallacies that we could reform the world through dollars, steel, blood, and guns. But that's not actually how the world works. You can't make Afghanistan that has no history of democracy into a democracy by going over there and bombing shit. That's not how the world works. You need years of building civil society institutions. You need to liberalize the market. You need to not break the chains of tradition, but you need to make them sit less heavily on people's shoulders so there is room to innovate. You can't do it by just by killing people. That's not how you change societies. That's a recipe for further violence, and that's precisely what we got in the years ahead. Afghanistan still isn't stable two decades later. Yeah. George W. Bush has always been iffy for me. I know some people who love him, and I know some people who despise him. It's funny. When it comes to Republicans, when Barry was in office, they were like, Obama is the worst president in history. And now, when Sniffy the Clown's in office, they're like, never mind. And then for Democrats, when George W. Bush was in office, it was, Bush is the worst president in history. And then Trump was in office. And they went, never mind. It's funny. Right. Like, Sniffy is the Trump, but for Republicans. And Obama was the George W. Bush. I don't know. It's, it's funny how they got that trade-off. Barry. Indeed. Barry gets an F for me. Fuck Barry. Fuck the Affordable Care Act. Fuck his shit in Syria. Fuck the taxes. Fuck the way he just restructured society in a way that makes me want to puke in my mouth. I'm definitely giving him a D. A D? Or, not a D. I keep forgetting that there's an E. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. That's so, that's so weird. I'm sorry, but man. E. I, I, yes. I'm giving him an F. I mean... With the current guy in office, I often forget how bad Barry really was. It may be like, I think back and I'm like, man, Barry, he was so charismatic and well-spoken. Fuck that shit. That's the only really good thing that there was to say about him. The way he ran his entire campaign of, by being the first black president of the United States, I will bring the country together and make it less divisive. And then he did the complete opposite. Anyone who does not vote for me is a racist. I am not for blue states or red states, but for the United States. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. Fuck the Affordable Care Act. 
fuck that. I can't believe people actually think it's a good thing. Like, charging more... You're basically just making that shit more expensive for everyone. Just because it's not directly coming out of your pocket and into the cash register does not mean it's not coming out of your pocket. Fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely give him a D because You mean an e, e echo? E. I keep forgetting that. That's so weird. But Yeah, it is weird. He's the most recent iteration of the welfare state. It's just another leap up. It's another ratchet. It's another or uh increase, a geometric increase in what we expect the government to do. And now we're not going to be able to get rid of that and tamp down people's expectations without a major ideological shift. Because now we expect the government to do even more. So, he's responsible for one of the latest ratchets that it's impossible to get around that. Don't forget, don't forget the bombing in Syria. Bombing civilians yeah. in Syria. That's never feasible. Right. He's so... Well spoken that people just kind of pushed it to the side and forgot about it. Right. Indeed. There was some book, I forgot who wrote it, but it's literally 500 pages of them spending a paragraph talking about everything that he did wrong. And it's 500 pages of that. It's just hundred after hundred of entries. I don't know how they assembled that many, but... It was really something to read. I believe it was called The Worst President Ever. I think I've heard and, of that book. Yes, it's quite a read. I imagine. I wouldn't put him as the worst president ever, but he's definitely up there for me. Indeed. All right. Orange Man. I put him at B. Yeah, 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 I know. I can hear the groans already. Fuck you, he's not an F. So many people considering him one of the worst. He is nowhere near one of the worst. I am not a Trump supporter because I admit he did do a lot of stupid shit. But when you actually look past the orange man bad scheme, he did quite a few things right. He, yeah, his his rhetoric, he, I honestly, if I was just going off of his policy, he would be a very high B, maybe even a low A. Because I like a lot of his his overall idea he just had terrible execution with a lot of it i still think if he had stayed off twitter he would have won both elections by a landslide but a businessman who comes in and understands national security strong military free market tax cuts not just for the rich people say that just helps the rich it does not just help the rich it helps everybody there really wasn't much for me to hate on other than being the biggest spender up until recently. And this is a small thing, but I think it says a lot. The T21 Act that he signed, as a matter of principle, I despise that. The T21 Act illegalizing tobacco sales for 18 to 20-year-olds as a matter of principle, why should the government be telling 18, 19, and 20-year-olds? Uh, grown adults, consenting adults, telling them, no, you can't do this because it's bad for you. As a matter of principle, I have to say, fuck that shit. That's where I was like, come on, Trump. 
you're better than this. But besides that and being the biggest spender in a, in American history, I really can't think of much that Trump did that I would knock him down a tier or more for. I I give him a B. I think that's fair. For me, the jury is still out on just uh, what impact he's going to have on American history. It's, uh, it's a B or a C. His agenda was stymied. He couldn't get nearly as much done as he should have been able to. Congress and the bureaucracy was excessively hostile to him. And if he had a little bit more or, uh, or cooperation, then there wouldn't have been nearly this many problems. But history is what it is, not what we want it to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, some things are definitely yeah, very unlikable about uh, what he did, like the T21 law, like you brought up, Lysander Spooner wrote that vices are not crimes, and uh, he definitely made that vice into a crime. I uh, can't countenance that. Uh, foreign policy, hits and misses. Economic policy, also hits and misses, because you've got, uh, at the beginning, you've got tax cuts and all, but at the end... You've got the first of the COVID aid packages that are spending trillions of dollars a piece. Yeah. So I forgot about that. It's all hit and miss. Yeah. Either way. The historical story is going to be out on that one for a while. Yeah. It might change over time. As my American history course specifically said, nobody really knows how Trump will go down in history yet. But for me, right now, he gets a B. Speaking I'll probably tentatively say a C. You would say a C? I understand. More tentatively. Anyways, this brings us to our last one, Sniffy the Clown, in which I am putting in the tier below F. Not necessarily saying that he's the very worst yet, but as a combination of two things. One, we don't know how ill to go. We're only halfway through his term. So there's no telling if maybe he could end up bringing himself into potentially at E. I don't see him going any higher than a very low E. And, well, putting him at the bottom because the way it seems, he is right now the third of the unholy presidential trinity. Woodrow Wilson, FDR, and Sniffy the Clown. Right now, they're sort of three and one for the worst president in history, in my eyes. No matter which way you spin it, I mean, Biden was handed a recovering economy, strong national security, and all he had to do was come in, not touch anything, and take all the credit. And he would be hailed by Democrats as this great savior of America. But he had to come in like a fucking bus through a brick wall and just wreck everything. Everything good that Trump had done, he completely destroyed. Everything wrong that Trump did, he made worse. There is very, very little good to say about him. And if there is any good, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Absolutely. There's a lot of things wrong with his presidency. 
I really loved how he titled that last multi-trillion dollar aid package. I don't think it's multi-trillion, can't think of it, but around a trillion dollar aid package, the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> but uh, the Wharton School of Business model concluded that that's actually going to increase inflation, but just whatever. Yeah. I guess facts don't and, matter. And then the icing on the shit cake of that whole hort ordeal was that DC threw an inflation reduction party right after it was signed. They threw a fucking party. And guess who was there? Not any of the actual working class or middle class who would be helped by inflation reduction. It was a bunch of bureaucrats in DC that aren't affected by the shit anyway. Partying it up, saying, fuck yes, inflation reduction. Yeah, no, fuck all of it. Fuck this guy. Fuck his administration. And I guess we should take a few minutes here, because we've shit on him in virtually every episode so far, but we haven't truly gone into detail about how he's been such a fucking awful president in every way, shape, and form. I've heard from one of his defenders that one of his upsides, they said, well, he never promised to be an amazing president, and if you look past expectations for him, he's actually doing a really good job. First of all, fuck that shit. Every part about that is wrong. Secondly, they said he got us out of Afghanistan with little to no fuss. Saying that he got us out of Afghanistan with little to no fuss is like saying, yeah, the drunk driver killed 10 people, totaled the car, caused 50 grand in collateral damage, and cr just crashed us into the living room. But hey, he got us home pretty quick. Seriously, everything this guy has done, apart from, I guess now I can think about it, giving a pardon to people who have been... Uh, charged with marijuana possession I'm, d I'm down for that like dead ass that's like the only thing I can think of but that does not in any way outweigh his massive failure indeed there's something wrong with running a trillion dollar deficit there's something wrong with a giant omnibus legislation that spends trillions of dollars and passing a new piece of historic spending legislation every few months. That's what we've been doing since the start of this pandemic, and it's something that both Trump and Biden have been doing, and it's taking the U.S. to uncharted waters fiscally. We shouldn't be doing it, and it's going to keep wrecking the economy. Joe hasn't put price controls on yet. I honestly think that might be just a matter of time. Uh, he's right now releasing a large amount of petroleum from that strategic oil reserve to yeah. keep gas prices low in the lead up to the midterm election which is really amazing that he would sacrifice the strategic petroleum reserve for votes but whatever i'd like to add that he's been blaming the russian ukrainian war for high gas prices according to the eia the amount of oil that we were receiving from Russia before the war, it was 7%. 7% of our oil was coming from Russia before the war. 
and gas prices were going up before then. So he's out of excuses. Indeed. And people say, well, the oil industry is private. Yes, yeah, so is the healthcare industry. So is the food industry. But it can still be heavily influenced by government. When you shut down major oil operations, you decrease the supply of oil, which increases the demand, which in turn increases price. That's how it works. It has basic economics. Is it entirely his fault? Not entirely, but a huge huge chunk of it is his fault so fuck joe biden let's go brandon however you want to put it fuck this guy we need him out i just hope that in the next general election we can muster someone who can do it hopefully so whether it be trump whether it be ron DeSantis, whether it be the fucking kool-aid man the Democrats had their literally anyone else 2020. It's time for our literally anyone else 2024. Let's even just... Jeb Bush. Yeah, even Jeb Bush. Fuck it. You know, this guy, like I said, he's the guy that makes me miss Barry at times. Don't come back, Barry. Even if you could, please don't. But, Indeed. Yeah. Fuck so are we in agreement, guy. Jeb 2024? Uh, anything over this guy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But As yeah. a disclaimer, I'm not serious. Okay, yeah, good. Not Jeb, though I would take him over Sniffy the Clown. But yeah, definitely not Jeb. We can find somebody better. But anyway, yeah, that about wraps up the tier list. As y'all can see to our people watching this on YouTube with the new channel that is up, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty controversial. We definitely have a lot of people that are going to disagree with us on many, many levels. But this is our tier ranking. Marquis, thank you again for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tusk. Awesome. I'll see you guys next time.